Hale Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Ian D. Classen, joined by Jabron, the Parlay Pounder. You got it. We're back. We're back. We're back. Yes, we are. And uh, we got all sorts of football to get to. So I think we just need to dive right into it, starting off with that Thursday night matchup. Yeah, the New York Jets going to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this is a really fun matchup, I think, Andy, not just for, um, you know, New York Jets and finding that new quarterback in Trevor Simeon, but on the other side, Joe Flacco finding that new life uh, after that Baltimore Ravens career. He has a chance to go to the playoffs for the Cleveland Browns here. Yeah, and he's looked pretty good making play after play with this yeah. big cannon of an arm. He still has got some juice left. The Browns are favored, though. By seven and a half points. I know they're at home. I know they're hot. But over a touchdown with a team on its second or third quarterback now, do you really feel good about that? No, Andy. I was just going to say that. The Browns should be favored here, like we said. However, a full touchdown on a short week is hard to pass up here, Andy. Also, the Jets are still a tough out defensively. And three of their last four weeks have resulted in either wins or losses by one possession. So, uh, yeah. Four of the Jets' last eight losses have been decided by single digits. So I'm going to go with the Jets plus seven and a half. That's still too much for uh, Thursday night football. I, I yeah. like the Jets by, uh, you know, plus seven and a half. Yeah, you make a really good point there. Even though Cleveland's winning games, is, it's like they hit a resurgence there. And yeah. the Jets, they don't cover. They've only covered one out of the last eight games. So I think you have a couple factors coming together where people are just over betting the Browns here. Uh, this has moved an entire point, point and a half since that opening line. You, yeah, I think we're in agreement here. We don't feel good about that seven and a half. No, I mean, there is definitely a path to it just because the Jets are, you know, kind of, you know, the Jets still. But uh, this Browns <laughs> team isn't really just going to, you know, knock the, knock the boots off them either. So I, I still believe it's going to take a, a little bit for the, the Browns even just to win this game. Yeah. So I, I just like them winning by a field goal or, or so. So I would uh, go with the Jets here. How about that total? It's at 35. Uh, it looks like Trevor Simeon is going to start for the Jets. So that's yeah. a lot of people are saying, I mean, even with that total being so low, they're still saying smash that under, smash that under. Where are you at? Yeah, seven of the Jets. Uh, last eight road games uh, have gone that under total point. And I would have to assume that this is as well. These are two pretty dang good defenses, Andy. I know that total is kind of low, but I'm still on the under here. Still on the under. My God, we agree. We agree on (laughs) both those. A lot of football to talk about left. (laughs) (laughs) You've been adding in a lot of player props and parlays. Are you looking at any plays for this Thursday night game? 
just not a lot that I like during this game, Andy. Uh, a lot of people would look to towards Brees Hall. He had a huge game last week for the Jets, uh, but the Browns' defense is just a little bit too much, and they're going to be keen on Brees Hall. On the other side, you got Joe Flacco that we talked about. The only thing that I would like to look at is his TD passes. Over one and a half is at plus 130 right now. Uh, I do believe Flacco, if they do score, he's going to have a big part of it. So that is one that I do like, Joe Flacco, over one and a half touchdowns at a plus 130 right now. Okay, that would be the only one. Old old Joe Flacco, old the former Flacco. Super Bowl MVP, I think. Yes, sir. All right, now we got another big game in Big D. The surging Detroit Lions. What yeah. a fun win for them. What is this, Saturday night? Yes. In Dallas, and the Cowboys find themselves a touchdown favorite. Minus six right now. I'm seeing that total being bet down to 53 and a half points. This game's going to be on the mothership ESPN. Yeah, Andy, I think I'll probably stick with the Cowboys here. Also, I, I might just stay away from this one. This is kind of a yeah. weird one, Andy. There's a bit of a, a worry among the Dallas faithful lately. It's getting around playoff time. You know what that means. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're sitting on consecutive losses here, Andy. That said, the Cowboys didn't play terrible against Miami, no. but, you know, notching like 340 yards, 242 uh, passing and holding a late lead. Uh, Dallas has scored a combined 30 points over the last two games after hitting 33 in more than five straights. That was all wins. Uh, like you said, as for the Lions, they're coming off a huge, strong effort against Minnesota with a yeah. 28 first down, 389 total yards. Uh, I I, I think I do like the Cowboys to bounce back here, Andy, just because I know the Lions don't, you know, they're not world beaters. They're, it's still yeah. going to be a close game, and I do like the Cowboys uh, at home by a touchdown. Yeah, this is a touchy one, um, It kind of, and this line hasn't moved a whole lot. I think a lot of Bucks had it opening up at five, five and a half. Now it's at that six, that key number yeah. of six. I think a lot of folks are staying away from this uh, because there's so many factors at play. Detroit's playing well, but is this a letdown spot for them? I mean, they're coming off such a high, uh, what's the first time in, what, 150 years they make the playoffs, or they won their division. You know, they made a big deal about that. Uh, first time since 1993 was the official number there. Uh, but can you can you get that high and stay that high, especially going on a week where you're going to Dallas and playing a team that's, come on, let's face it, they're ticked off, and, and they didn't play bad, and they still lost. Yeah, Andy, and, and the opposite can be said for the Lions that the Vikings probably should have beat them this week, and that's a that's a depleted roster there over in Minnesota. So yeah. I know it's a division rival and all that kind of stuff, and those games are always close, but if you look at this Dallas Cowboys team, it is aching for a win, and I think they just have what it takes to take on this Lions team. And this th I think this is a kind of a letdown game for the Lions heading into the playoffs. If they're going to get right, they probably need this loss before that. Yeah. Okay, so now we have – that total at 53 yeah. and a half, currently being bet down to 53 and a half. Detroit's been an over team as of late. Six of their last seven games, they have smashed that over. Same cannot be said for the Dallas Cowboys. How are you measuring this one up? Yeah, Andy, I think the over is the play here. Detroit has combined for 72 points in their you know, last two games. So it's, it's going to be important for Dallas to get off to a good start in this game. So I really do believe Dallas comes out with the foot on the gas and we get a whole bunch of points in this game. Dallas covers late. I uh, I like the over. Like the over. And, uh, hey, it's being bet down. That means you're laying money on the over. You're betting it back up. Let's I go. love it.
That's the way I do it. All right, let's move on to Sunday. Yeah. Divisional game here. This is a high noon kickoff at Raymond James Stadium over there in Tampa. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hosting the New Orleans Saints. Both these teams kind of surprise seasons, I would say. Yeah. Both still very much alive in the playoff picture. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers could knock out the Saints here at home. A lot of folks are saying they're going to do just that. However, they're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So under that field goal at home, the Bucs are getting. Yeah, Andy, I really like that two-and-a-half line there. If this gets to three or three-and-a-half, because we just know that that is what this game is going to be. It's going to be uh, one late. This is for, like you said, the NFC South crown. I'll probably stick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Tampa Bay coming off a pretty good win against the Jaguars, uh, notching 22 first downs and 335 yards of total offense. Uh, the Bucks also bagged four takeaways in that game. So I really like how Tampa Bay is playing right now. Uh, the, on the other hand, New Orleans kind of a little bit of struggle. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just can't put any money on the New Orleans Saints right now and feel good about it. I really like the way uh, Baker Mayfield has this Buccaneers team going right now. So I really like the Bucks, especially if you can get it that big at two and a half. Yeah, there's something to be said for uh, Baker Mayfield and the performance he's had so far this uh, season. And the Bucks have been covering seven of the last nine games against the spread. They have been able to cover. The same can't be said for really an up-and-down season, up-and-down type of team with the New Orleans yeah. Saints. And, man, I'm just seeing more and more buzz uh, about the quarterback play out of New Orleans and how uh, Carr was a mistake. He's not their guy. And the opposite type of chatter is coming out of Tampa Bay. So this does feel like a game where I know it's a division type of deal. The playoffs are on the line, but I feel like Tampa Bay could get this, should get this by a field goal. Yeah, Andy, I, I really think it might open it up to more of that, but I wouldn't feel good about it. So if you can get it under that two and a half, the Buccaneers is definitely to play here. How about that total at 42? Uh, let's see. Uh, I want to look at that opening line. Um, it looks like it stayed pretty gosh darn steady at 42. Not much move, movement there with the total. No, that's kind of what everybody looks at with these teams is they score about three touchdowns apiece yeah. each. So it's going to come right down to it. But I do believe the over is probably going to hit just because a uh, little tidbit here, the Buccaneers ranked 32nd in the NFL in passing yards allowed. So the Saints are going to have the chance <laughs> to score some points here. I just believe that the, they're going to make too many mistakes and the Bucs get them late. I, I really do believe the over is the play here with these NFC South teams. Yeah, and, and that, that's pretty interesting since New Orleans has been a traditional last couple of seasons, an under team. They just yeah. do not have the high-flying offense they had in the days of Drew Brees, Sean Payton, uh, and all that jazz. It's really uh, not even a carbon, you know, not even a, a shadow of it's what bad. that offense used to be. But even Derek Carr with different weapons, different receivers should be able to get you there against uh, a suspect pass defense, as you mentioned. I agree. I agree. You don't have a parlay for us quite yet, do you? I'm gonna I'm gonna go one uh, second uh, segment here for our second NFL one. I'll give it to you then. Hey, I love building the suspense, so that'll give us a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company, who we've been enjoying a Bavarian wheat beer known as the EOS, an unfiltered, fresh, sweet style Hefeweizen. Nebraska Brewing Company, world class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is W. T-L. And welcome back, everybody.
everybody to WTL, Where's the Line, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I am your host, Andy Classen, joined by Jabron. Oh, <laughs> the parlay pounder. Jabron, how we doing? You good, good, good. We're back. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, we got we to gotta talk about some big time bowl games here. Um, college football is back into full swing. It feels like games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, doesn't matter, Thursday. Uh, but we're going to start with a Friday a matchup, I believe, the old Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Missouri, Missouri Tigers and Ohio State. Squaring off with Ohio State. The yeah. Buckeyes didn't make the playoffs, so they get uh, to go play at in Jerry World for the Cotton Bowl. That's going to be Friday, 7 o'clock kickoff, and they're a 3 point favorite over the sec missouri tigers yeah andy and the way you got to look at this is the missouri tigers are a you know a solid team but this is the best defense that they have seen thus far this season ohio state did not lose a game until the last bout of the season to michigan who's in the college football playoff but um you know missouri has lost bouts to lsu and georgia which are, you know, pretty pretty good foes, obviously. Yeah. Furthermore, you know, what I'm looking at here, Andy, while Missouri has a strong passing offense, this Buckeyes pass defense is the best in the entire country. They are, uh, you know, they're only conceding an average of 147 yards per game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason that this spread is so low, Andy, because you would think that Ohio State maybe should have a double-digit spread against a team like Missouri – Kyle, Kyle McCord, there's, you know, talks of him coming to Nebraska and everything. He has landed somewhere else. He is at Syracuse now. So yeah. Devin Brown will be starting quarterback for Ohio State. The one thing you got to know about this guy is he is considered the number one quarterback in the recruiting class of 2022. So I don't <laughs> think there's a huge drop off there. I expect Brown to have a successful day against this subpar Tiger defense. Yeah, this was really interesting because this uh, line opened up about a seven-point uh, favorite. Uh, the Buckeyes were about a full touchdown favorite. It has been bet all the way down to only being a three-point favorite. And, yeah, that's been the talk. Kyle McCord, especially around Nebraska, um, not going to be in there, the starting quarterback for Ohio State. Um, but Missouri, you know, everyone's thinking maybe they'll take advantage of this. And Missouri's been covering five of the last six games. They have covered. Uh, it's just you, you still feel like there's just too much firepower for Ohio State. Yeah, the big thing that I'm looking at, Andy, as of you know uh, Wednesday night, Ohio State star Trayvon Henderson is practicing with the team, and there is a good chance that he is playing. The junior is one of the best running backs in the country, averaging over six yards a carry. This guy is a you know, he, he he's, he's the man. He's going to be in the NFL one day. This guy is one of the best players in college football. On the other hand, Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, the, you know, the son of the all-pro Colts guy, I don't believe he is going to play, but I think there's too much talent on this Ohio State team, yeah. especially with guys that are trying to prove it for next year right. are going to step up big for this team. I got them covering big, especially if it's this low spread. So I love Ohio State right here. Yeah, prove it for next year, but also uh, up their draft status. That's where, yeah. you know, the majority of the players, that's the line they fall under is that they want to improve their draft status. And they're going to use this one last uh, try here with the bowl game to do just that. And it's worked out for more players than it has not. 
I'm uh, kind of intrigued by this total here set at 49. You have the Tigers. They are an over team. They smacked them yeah. over week after week. The Buckeyes are the opposite. And a lot of that's due to that, that total getting inflated so much for the yeah. old Buckeyes. But they have not. Uh, seven of the last nine games for Ohio State, they have hit the under. It's about the exact opposite for Missouri. Seven of the last ten games, they have gone over. How, do you, how are you falling on this one? I, I really like the under here, Andy. I think that the SEC yeah. has blown this up a little bit too much. Ohio State is averaging 33 points on the season per contest. I think yeah. that's going to be a little lower without Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Uh, the defense, on the other hand, which mostly all their stars are there, is holding opponents to 11 points a game, Andy. Woo. This defense is not going to let anybody score on them, especially yeah. a team from the SEC, especially the Missouri Tigers. Give me that under. Give me Ohio State. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a Jerry world. Everyone's yeah. going to be tuned in. That's Friday night. I, I think that's going to be just a fantastic uh, matchup. Big Ten, SEC, the whole nine yards. All righty. Awesome. Should we move on to Saturday in the Orange Bowl? Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a, I, so much has been made of this one. The Georgia Bulldogs taking on the 13 and 0 Florida State Seminoles team that you know won the ACC and got snubbed, did not make the college football playoff, and then a lot of people are pointing to this betting line right here. They are a 19 point underdog to the Georgia Bulldogs and everyone's saying that's all you need to know that's why they shouldn't be in the college football playoff I think there could be a strong argument obviously made to be made why they should be in the playoff but let's put that behind us what do you make of the here and now and that point spread over two touchdowns nearly a three touchdown dog are the Seminoles yeah, like you said, what once was going to be a marquee matchup between a pair of teams that were powerhouses all season long, Andy. It, it's kind of been tarnished due to injuries and opt-outs. Yeah. Uh, now we're looking at a Georgia team that is, yeah, I think they're probably pretty angry that they're not able to go for their third title shot. Uh, and then against a Florida State team that, yeah. you know, has mostly been gutted of most of their star power on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know... I think Glenn was less than inspiring that win over Louisville in the ACC title game and now has less weapons to work with against a yeah. team that has finished in top 10 in scoring defense. Georgia is better on both sides of the ball at this point, and they should roll past a diminished Seminoles team squad. You know, it. I, I just don't really see their season ending on a positive note, and I think everybody's behind Georgia right here, especially the college football playoff committee saying – Pour it on these guys. Make us look good. Make college football look good for making us make that decision. Yeah, but something's going on in Athens. There's been so many players that have departed. Uh, and some of you scratch your head. And you're like, why? You're an underclassman. You're getting uh, your playing time. You were a starter. Yeah. Uh, or this season's going to be your year. And they're still leaving in droves. I think they got the most uh, portal losses of any team. It's just interesting yeah. to see that. I also see the motivation factor for Georgia because they might be the team that has the most to be angry with as far as not making the playoff. They yeah. only have one loss of the season. And it was in the championship game. And yeah. it was to who presumably you thought was, you know, Alabama going to make it. So I, I don't know. I feel like Georgia uh, could come into this one really angry, but – there's just so much concern for me where you have a bunch of players leaving that team, basically leaving the coaching staff, right? 
Yeah, no, I agree with you, Andy, to to a certain uh, to a certain extent there, Andy. But Georgia has a slew of guys in the transfer portal, like you said, though not not a ton of impact players. Like you said, yeah. it, it's been a lot of you know third third wide receivers and punt returners, and you know uh, you know a couple backup linebackers and tackles and stuff like this. But I, uh, to to my knowledge, most of their impact players will be playing in this game. On the other hand, the Seminole guys, it's their whole entire offense that we've been marveled at this entire year about how they can put up points and win that ACC championship. So I I just do believe it's too much for the Seminoles to overcome. I don't believe that they're going to be able to score in that Georgia defense no matter what. Even if the Seminoles were fully strength, it would be a very hard – time for them to score so i love this i i you know anytime you're looking at a three touchdown line it's pretty crazy but it is warranted here because georgia is going to roll over these guys all right we might disagree i think uh florida state can backdoor cover for me here <laughs> just keep with it a couple real quick what about that total this is really interesting it's been bet down from 46 and a half down to 44 and a half over the you know past week and a half or so um, and these are two teams that have been hitting the under consistently for the last five Florida State. And you know why? They're missing their quarterback, right? But Georgia, yeah. they too have hit the under the last four of the last five games. Are you thinking the same is going to hold true? Or are you going to get on the public money and, and keep betting it down? I am not betting it down. I think this is going to be an over. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think Georgia is going to roll on them <laughs> and get this point total themselves. I just don't believe that uh, the Florida State Seminoles are going to be able to stop them to get them out of the end zone. I believe Georgia is going to run this baby up all night long. I love the over. I know a lot of people are betting it down, but that is against uh, opponents like Alabama, who has one of the best defenses in the country yeah. that you're talking about, Georgia going under. I love Georgia right here. I think they're going to run all over them. I think the over hits. Uh, you're not alone. There, there's there's a healthy number of over over betters out there as well. Hey, real quick, let's talk about the Fiesta Bowl, January yeah. 1st Bowl. The Liberty Flames, <laughs> they're 13-0. They're going to be taking on the Oregon Ducks. And much like the previous game, huge point spread here. The Ducks are favored by 17 points. Yeah, Andy. I mean, this this was a very good year for Liberty. Made program and conference USA history by earning, you know, you know New Year's Six Bowl uh, against Oregon. Uh, I, there's just not a lot here, Andy. Bo Nix is pissed that he's not the Heisman, that, you know, they lost that title game to Washington. They feel like they should be in the college football playoff again. They are going to take it out on this Liberty team that probably shouldn't be at this New Year's Six Bowl. I believe Bo Nix finishes, you know, third in the Heisman, kind of kind of leaves a bad taste in his mouth. He's going to come out here, probably throw for about six touchdowns, and <laughs> the Ducks are going to smack him big time. I, I love the Ducks. Obviously, but uh, Oregon all the way in this one. I'm sorry, Liberty. The uh, the fairy tale ends here. The Flames are going to flame out. You're saying they are. The Ducks. Uh, the Ducks are going to be squawking. Uh, totals at 67. Um, with that type of language, uh, you're thinking the over might hit. I am thinking the over might hit, Andy. <laughs> uh, no matter what, the Liberty Flames can score a little bit, but. I believe if they can get 20 on the board, Oregon's going to be able to cover the rest by themselves. So I, I love the over. Like I said, Bo Nix, the whole offense. Yeah. Uh, they play fast. 
So no matter what, they can make up those points, even if it gets a little squirrely at the end there. Uh, I, I definitely like the over. It's tough to make a case for, for Liberty. And, and we don't know a lot uh, about them, but they did have a fantastic year. Well, we're up against it. So real they quick, did. let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners. And that is the Stock and Rod Company, an outdoor lifestyle brand for those seeking adventure. Whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, they got you covered. Visit Stock and Rod, all one word, dot com to get your wild game on. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. everybody to WTL. That stands for Where's the Line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I am your host, Andy and joined by Jabron. <laughs> the Parlay Pounder. You got it. I think we need to dive into the bowl season, right? College football. And we got a January 1st bowl, a yeah. New Year's Day bowl, and uh, you know, Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa Hawkeyes. Give them their flowers, right? They they did it. They made it. You uh, can. I won't. Uh, I, I will. Yeah. I will give them their flowers. I mean, because they did pull it off here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ten and three season. They did knock off the old Corn Huskers, uh, even though they were underdogs to the Huskers. <laughs> which whatever. But they're still at the going to play at the illustrious Camping World Stadium for the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. And they're going to be squaring off against the Tennessee Volunteers, who hadn't. Yeah, not not the season they were expecting, eight and four. Right, right. Um, but they are the eight and a half point favorite with a very, <laughs> very low total of 36. Nothing new for the Hawkeyes. Nothing new. Might be something new for the old volunteers, though. Yeah, like you just said, Andy, the Iowa Hawkeyes enter this game as underdogs the fourth time this season, and they've won twice. So they're two and four in that regard. Uh, yeah, that total is so low. Iowa is only expected to score 13 and a half points. I'm going the over on that mm. because that is plus money right there. Iowa is going to get up for this bowl game a little bit, Andy. So I do like the over on to- team total for Iowa. Okay, and I think I like Iowa on a, a couple different fronts here yeah. because, unfortunately, bowl season has really changed the last couple of seasons. It's not really a bowl season. It's more of a portal season season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season, yeah. season, season. <laughs> and Tennessee, boy, they're on the wrong end of this, unlike Ole Miss. Uh, let me run down some of these names. Starting running back Jalen Wright, over 1,000 yards, 7-point yards per carry. He's declaring for the draft. He's not going to play. A couple offensive linemen aren't going to play. The premier defensive lineman, uh, Tyler Barron, he's a senior. Ten yeah. and a half tackles for loss, six sacks. He's not playing. Let me get to where this really matters. Okay. The defensive backs. Kamal Hayden got hurt. He's declared for the draft. He's yeah. out. Warren Burl, he's out. He's a redshirt senior, 91 career tackles. Diego Slaughter, another senior. He's out. Defensive back. Tamarian McDonald, a senior nickelback. He's out. Now all their backups are out too. Brandon Turngood, uh, Deshaun Rucker, and Jack Luttrell. All these guys, defensive backs, are out. Now usually we hear all this stuff and yeah. you think, well, those are guys that didn't play. Those guys didn't no. matter. No, these are starters, fifth and sixth year starters, and their backups too are in the transfer portal. For sure. For that alone, even though Iowa doesn't have a passing game and their top receiver, guess what, a tight end, yes. is also out, uh, I, you can't lose that m- much on your defense and no. expect that to be the same product on the field. No, for sure not. Iowa still has a top 10 defense, only uh, giving up 
274 yards a game. That does combat with Tennessee, who is offensively very, very good. But a lot of those guys that have been churning out those yards are not going to play like you said, Andy. I think this spread is just too big. Iowa covers this game. I do believe they probably lose at the end of it by a field goal, <laughs> but they will cover. I like the Hawkeyes to cover for sure. I, I really thought we were going to get it to uh, argue here because I, I had <laughs> I had Iowa covering this as yeah. well just because of all the losses they have on the defensive side. Uh, not that Iowa's uh, been turning out any. Uh, their leading receiver, which I mentioned, uh, was yeah. a tight end, only had 299 yards in the season. Less than 300 yards was yeah. their leading receiver. And I went to do some research on this game, you know, before we go on there. We do do research. A little bit. Uh Iowa's headline last like four days was we signed a punter from Australia. Their their headline was we got it. a punter. That is an it. international punter. Boom! <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. That so. is their MVP this year, anyways. Is their punter? Well, and I guess this guy from Australia is going to be their MVP next year. I get it. I get it. Should we get into another January first? Let's bowl? get into a game that matters. <laughs> Oh, ouch. All right, we were talking about Alabama yeah. <laughs> taking on Michigan for the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, Michigan is a – I mean, this line has been tightening up, but it's got down to a one-and-a-half point Michigan favorite. Yeah. The Crimson Tide are 5-3 and three against the spread this season, Andy. Michigan 7-6 and six against the spread. They mm -hmm. don't cover as much mm -hmm. as the Crimson Tide, but they are perfect with that record, Andy. So – I get why they're favored, but Crimson Tide, in my mind, should be the favorite here, and I think they take down this game. That money line that uh, I'm looking at, plus 110 for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nope. That's money. That is plus money all day. That's going to happen. Alabama is in the national championship game. Okay, don't you think this game is going to get ugly? It's going to be one in the trenches. Yeah, for sure. And if we're talking about that, I think the Wolverines, well, they do. They Statistically and everything else, they have a better running game and they got yep. a better running defense than Alabama. So if that's your thought process, shouldn't the Wolverines be able to prevail here and win by more than one and a half points? I just don't like betting against Nick Saban when he has time to prepare for this game. Harbaugh is going to get a little crazy in this game. I don't. Is he even able to be on the side? No, I know he is. But he's already uh, served two suspensions. He should be good to go. For no, the I just like Alabama, Andy. Uh, Nick Saban, greatest coach of all time in college football. He takes this game down by himself. The under will hit, though. I like the under. Now, now that's a curious line that you're thinking as well, because the over has smacked. Yeah. Seven of the last nine games for Michigan, much of the same for Alabama. Five of the last six games, the over has hit. Why would you think all of a sudden when two over teams, hot teams, hot offenses, would now hit an under? I just think overall when this game comes down to it's going to come back to quarterback play, not turning the ball over, and a defensive just juggernaut game mm -hmm. for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I just believe their defense is that much better. They're going to have a game plan for Quorum, Alabama all day with the under. Well, we can disagree there. I, can. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Wolverines. I do like your idea, though, uh, that this will be a slowdown game that really works into the comfort levels of both coaching staffs. Yeah. Harbaugh's okay with just running the ball, so is Saban, and they'll, they'll, they'll actually welcome that slugfest I think of so. a game. I think so. It'll be a fun game for those old football purists. Should we talk about a game now that's a little bit more up to speed with yes. that modern day game? A little slinging. Sugar. The yeah. Sugar Bowl. That's the Texas Longhorns, 12-1, and 1, taking on the Washington Huskies, who are 13-0. One of those 13-0 teams that actually made the playoff. Yeah. Can you believe it? That's a good deal. <laughs> good for those guys out there. They, they made the playoff, and all they did was win their conference and win all 13 That's all games. they had to do to get in. <laughs> but they are a four-point 
underdog to the Longhorns. Yeah, Andy, uh, like you just said, the Huskies' defense has been very vulnerable at times coming down the stretch here, giving up uh, 24 points per mm-hmm, contest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Texas is really going to exploit this. Wow. I, I love the Horns in this game. I hate Texas in general, <laughs> but I love them in this game. Uh, four points, I think this is going to – I think they might win by multiple touchdowns here. Horns I down. just really think Texas is rolling right now. Washington kind of limped into this game. Uh, they, they had a really good game against Oregon, but I just do believe it's time for them to lose. Jabron, you ignorant schmuck. <laughs> they limped into a game that they beat the Oregon Ducks? They did. Okay, uh, l- let me lay this out there yeah, for, yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. If uh, Baylor, Kansas State, TCU, and Iowa State, that juggernaut of yeah. Iowa State, can all throw for under 300 yards on this Texas defense, yeah. I think the best passing offense in the nation can also pass for 300 or more yards on the Longhorns. And if they do that, they will win the game. Petrus is going to do it. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I think the odds makers have this wrong. It should Ooh. be Washington favored by three or four points, not Texas. Well, yeah, Andy, that does not make sense. So the Huskies. <laughs> have won <laughs> eight one-score victories. It's bound to catch up to them. Okay. This is when it does. Texas should be able to control the game with do- dominant run game and a lethal pass rush. They have 32 sacks on ah. the year. They are going to get to Penix Jr., put them on the ground. This game is Texas Longhorns all day. So almost nobody dropped back to pass more than the Huskies, yeah. right, with that high-flying offense. For sure. They only gave up 11 sacks all season. That Get offensive ready. line is up to the taxes. Get ready. There's no injuries there to talk about. Also, the Huskies have one of the most prolific high-octane offenses in yep. the nation. They lead in big play uh, percentage. More 10-yard or more plays than anybody else in the nation. Texas, on the other hand, gives up as much. Their the defense is leaky. They have great athletes. But as always, we say, well, Texas has the best athletes. But, okay, show me. Show me. Okay. I mean, they knocked off Alabama. They then, did. Then what? Then where's that one? We're going to see it back to back. It's Texas versus Alabama in the national championship. Uh, Alabama's going to get their revenge on it. It's uh, <laughs> Alabama national champions this year. You can put that future in as well if you want to. Alabama? Alabama. Wow. So you, you have Alabama taking on Texas, Texas in a rematch. In a rematch. And then you have Alabama taking them down this time. This is the, this is the way. Oh, you're such an SEC guy, old Big 12 <laughs> guy. And you're just going to be a full SEC guy. I am going to be. After, yes, after I have to next be. season there. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. I agree. I agree. Unbelievable. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think it's about time that we uh, mentioned some of our sponsors here. Yeah, let's do it. Did a little house cleaning. House cleaning. Is that what they say? Uh, let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners. That's the Nebraska Brewing Company. We've been enjoying a Bavarian wheat beer known as the Eos. The unfiltered Eos is a fresh, sweeter style Hefeweizen, thanks to its notes of vanilla and nutmeg. Do you notice? That's good were stuff. You on, you were you on top of that? I was. You got that? I, okay. I listened to it. It's good stuff. <laughs> Nebraska Brewing Company, world class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Jabron. Oh, the parlay. The pounder. You got it. You got it. <laughs> and you are going to bless the listening audience with a parlay play here, right? Yes, NFL, last NFL uh, slate. Got to do it. Got a parlay for you guys. 
Yeah, uh, so many noon kickoff games. There's going to be a huge slate there, a few afternoon games, and then no Monday night. And they've been yep. doubling up Monday night, you know, here and there. So we're going to wrap things up with the final Sunday night game of the regular season. You got it. So let's start with a high noon kickoff, and I'm talking about the Dolphins. Heading on up to Balmer to take on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, after a very impressive performance against the 49ers, head back home, finding themselves a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a curious one here because you've got to be impressed with what you saw from Baltimore, but Miami might have had just as good as game of their own last week. Yeah, Andy, uh, this game should be primetime. I don't know what the NFL is doing. They needed to flex this in, you know, get that Vikings-Packer game off the air and put this one right where it <laughs> needs to be. Like you said, the Ravens made a statement on Christmas when they outplayed the 49ers. Uh, the yeah. Ravens, I believe, have took the crown as the best team in the NFL. Lamar Jackson deserved to be the MVP front runner right now. Uh, Miami, Miami finally beat a good team last week. But I think they're just going to be a little bit outmatched by the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, hmm. Miami was, you know, like I said, impressive last week. But Jalen Waddle has an ankle injury, and it's likely Tyreek Hill still isn't 100%. I think Baltimore is fired up being the best team in the NFL. The Dolphins are kind of getting by right now. Yeah. I think Lamar Jackson and company really take this one. You know, I do feel like this is in no way, shape, or form a letdown type of a game for Baltimore. That's not their style. That's not who they are. They want to keep nope. the pedal to the metal. And Miami, they're, they're fun, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Head coach Mike McDaniels talking smack to Dan Marino awesome. on the sideline. Like, what are you awesome. doing, sir? Love that. Love that guy. He's the man, uh, especially <laughs> just making it fun for he can you can tell he really connects with his young players. And uh, that's how you make a team fun. And the Miami Dolphins uh, can cause a lot of havoc here in the AFC. I just believe the Ravens are the more well oiled machine uh, and, and get down to business a lot earlier in the game than the Miami Dolphins do. Now the Dolphins, they're an over team. They've been smacking the over consistently throughout the season. No surprises there. But Baltimore has hit the over six of their last nine games. I'm looking at a uh, total at 47 right now. Jabron, how are you leaning? I, I think it's, man, 47. Uh, I, I think it probably does go over that. I think it gets to the 50 range, Andy. Right now I'm looking at about a 28-24 Dolphins-Ravens uh, win, so that would eclipse that. So I, I, I like the over here, and I like the Ravens. Yeah, and a lot of uh, point predictors, uh, point models uh, have this at a, a push <laughs> yeah. or an over. So I think Baltimore can get a late score there with Tucker and his big leg uh, to get us to that cover, get us to that over. I agree, Andy. That's a good good point there. Should we move on to one of the afternoon games? Let's do it. This game had all the makings in the preseason that this is the one you circle, this is the one you want, this is prime time. But yeah. I don't know, a couple of teams that have kind of fizzled out here. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the very angry uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are still 9-6, and six, all that stuff. They're at home playing a beat-up Bengals team, but the Bengals will not go away. They are 8-7 and seven right now. However, the Chiefs are still that full touchdown favorite seven point favorite which is what i'm looking at yeah and you would think that this would have been the afc uh championship match that everybody would like to see but it's actually the game before that we just talked about ravens dolphins which is yeah. the more likely 
to happen for that AFC championship game. The Chiefs are on the verge of winning their eighth consecutive AFC West title, Andy, but I, I think the frustrations are, you know, really starting to boil boil over here yeah. as they've lost three of their last four games. The wide receiver production is what everybody's raving about. They can't get open. The wide receiving corps struggles to separate from coverage and drops the passes at a high rate. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe they gimp by here, Andy. I do believe that Bengals will cover this seven points, but I do believe the Chiefs win. The injury bug is just really taking its toll on that Bengals team. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that they cover, but the Chiefs squeak away with a win 24 to 20. And Jake Browning's been a pleasant surprise for the most part for Cincinnati, but it's got to end sometime somewhere. And Kansas City still has a great defense. And I think the, those frustrations really are boiling over, and they have been for that offense. And you can go back to that last uh, that game where, where they lined up offsides, Tooney, yeah. the receiver. You know, um, that's the receiver's fault. Yeah. And I thought uh, Patrick Mahomes, where he was yelling at the refs and this and that, he was doing that because he couldn't yell at his teammates. I, that's For how sure. I feel. I, I think he, he just he didn't want to be um, overtly angry with his guys, uh, yeah. so he had to pick on the refs or whatever. But there there's something going on there in Kansas City. And I almost feel like this is a spot where it, it could feel like a get-right game. Uh, yeah. You know, Not that the Bengals are going to be letting off the gas or, or rolling over or anything like that. But yeah. we know when things go right for the Chiefs, man, can it snowball and what better time heading into the playoffs, looking for another uh, division title. And, oh, you, you get the beat-up Bengals at home. Yeah, no, I, I just really do believe everything you said there, Andy, really encapsulate uh, this game. And the Bengals and Jake Browning were exposed on a, you know, a, a road, you know, tough team with the Steelers last week. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be fighting for his playoff positioning and, you know, his dignity at this point, you know, to save his kind of safe right. face for the Chiefs. Right, kind of get back in it. Uh, surprisingly enough, Cincinnati no, no. has been smacking the over lately. Six of the last seven games they have. Kansas City, yeah. not the same story by a country mile. Uh, but this isn't out there. This is only at 44 and a half. With all that's been said thus far, are you thinking the over is going to hit? I, I do believe the over is going to hit, Andy. I got the Chiefs 26, Bengals uh, 20 right now. So that would be right there on that line. I do believe the Chiefs... Uh, you know, probably get over 28 points that, 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 that I, I think it's a, it's safe to say the overall hit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, more money is being bet in on the under, but Hey, that's uh, nothing new for Jabron, the parlay pounder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zigging when they're zagging, sticking no with doubt. the over. Yeah. No, just, I, I believe that the chiefs can get some touchdowns and that'll go a long way. So I, I, I like the over. All righty. Well, let's move on to that Sunday night game. We talked about an NFC clash, yeah. and, and I just don't think this game is exactly what the NFL had in mind uh, when they did the scheduling of uh, preseason. You have two teams that are under 500 here to wrap up the NFL season. Packers are 7-8. and eight. The Vikings are 7-8. and eight. And somehow, someway, they are a two-point favorite. I think it's because they're at home. Yeah, I, I do too, Andy. The that in mix with the Packers had bad recent losses to the Giants and the Buccaneers. They barely beat the Panthers last week. Uh, <laughs> with that said, the Vikings have fallen off a cliff over the last month, Andy. And yeah. It, 
the quarterback is is where it's at. I was I was watching this this past you know Sunday with with our dad who's a huge Pat, uh, Vikings fan, and he could just not watch Nick Mullins anymore. It Ooh. just made him sick. The yeah. Vikings are getting that slight edge because they're at home, but I do believe the Packers are the better team from top to bottom and a more stable quarterback with Jordan Love. Yeah. Also, the last three seasons, these meetings have been split, so the trends would suggest the Packers winning here after losing the first meeting in October. Give me those points, Andy. Packers <laughs> roll. Uh, I, I, it, it pains me to go against the Vikings, but I, I just think they're a more stable team, and they're yeah. going to win this game. Yeah, and, and the Vikings are only two. They've only covered twice out of the last ten games at home. Uh, but Green Bay, not much better. They've only covered four of their last eight games. It, it really is kind of a pillow fight of the NFC North. And yeah. I can't say anything as a Bears fan. Right. <laughs> you're at seven and eight. So uh, NFC North just not bringing, bringing their best uh, out this season. Nope. Uh, if you're not, if your name's not Detroit, you're not, you're not playing anymore. So that's, yeah. that's just the way it is. I, but I do believe the Packers get away with this one. Now that total is set at 46 and a half. Uh, a majority of the money is going in on that under, and it has been bet up the past couple of days to this 46 and a half from 43, 43 and a half where it opened. It, it is kind of intriguing, Andy, just because even with the Vikings, you saw it last week that if you can get Jefferson the ball, if you can yeah. get these guys the ball, they're going to score because of how talented they are. Uh, so I mean, I, I can't just say that I'll go with the under just because these teams are struggling. I do believe there are some playmakers in this game that can make this go over, Andy. So if I had to lean away, it would probably be the over. But you look at Hawkinson not being able to play, Jordan Addison not being able to play, it, it does make you want to fall on the sword there and go with the under. So I think I'll sidestep it. I think people are probably correct with going on the under. Yeah, I, I like the under two. Just watching Mullins play is enough for me. Um, and just get it around Justin Jefferson, and he makes yeah. plays. But how yeah. many times can you do that, uh, <laughs> throw the ball into triple coverage uh, w without turning it over? Yeah, you saw it last week. That's what he did. All righty, Mr. Parlay yeah. Pounder. We've kept the people waiting. Let's hear that parlay play. Okay, I got a three-team parlay here, Andy. I'm starting out with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Minus six and a half against my Carolina Panthers. I believe they have it in them to beat the Panthers by a touchdown. Second leg is the Los Angeles Rams over the New York Giants. Staggering line here of only minus five and a half. I believe the Rams are one of the sneaky teams in the NFC that could go a long way in these playoffs. So minus five and a half against the New York Giants. Lock that in. And then we talked about it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the New Orleans Saints. Line's only at two and a half right now. I believe this all hits. This is 25 to receive 150, Andy. I believe it's going to hit. I like that payout. I really like the Rams. You wedged right there yeah. in the middle. Having a very quiet, solid season. Matt Stafford looks like the Matt Stafford of old. Uh, that's a good cog to put right there in the middle. No doubt. And if you just want to bet that one and put, <laughs> put your whole bank load on it, I approve of that as well. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Well, 
That'll about do it for us this week, Spoke. Thank you for uh, hopping on board, giving us a listen. And please be sure to follow us on ESPN Tri-City Radios, their Facebook page. Our Twitter handle's been uh, growing and catching some uh, a little bit of back and forth. That's always fun to create content on there and hear back and forth uh, with the fans. Also, our YouTube channel. Please, if you haven't already subscribed, that has really been taken off. And once again, we get to have poll questions and things of that nature where everybody gets to kind of voice their opinion and let us know when we were right and really let us know <laughs> when we were wrong. Yep, love that. And you got something going on over there on TikTok, right? Yeah, for sure. Just look at us at w- WTL Sports Betting. Uh, type that in, you'll find us. Normally before primetime games in the NFL or college football season, we are always putting TikToks on there for our best plays of the day, parlays as well. There you go. For Jabron. The Paw Lay Pounder. I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL. Hail Varsity Radio. Every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.